Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 13 through 16 of Another Miss O. How are there two more episodes of this? It just, uh, they do keep having episodes. I will give them that. What I will say gonna- about this show is there are two more episodes. <laughs> are they going to break up again? Are they going to get back together again? Is he going to die? Is Tejin going to prison again? Is t- <laughs> Tejin, we didn't need you as a villain. No. But we didn't. We didn't need you as a main character, that's for sure. Yeah, what Get was out of here. 16? What was episode 16? This villain's episode. Taejin, it was tired and shitty when Do Kyung spent an episode getting drunk and beating people up and wrecking cars, and it's still tired. We still don't like it. It's also just frustrating. Like, I... I don't know. Maybe I'm just lacking empathy for this man who's been through it. But I'm like, you went to jail for like six days, bud. Maybe live with your choice to break up with your fiancé and go start your new life. I feel like you've been given a big opportunity by being like, man, I thought I was going to be in jail for a long time and I wasn't. The fact that you have not reflected at all on what that did to your relationship and that you still somehow think that Park Do Kyung ruined your relationship is insane to me. And yeah, tired. Very tired. Yeah, it is. It's The struggle is super real because she explains it to him. I mean, I guess given like that was kind of at the end of his episode. So we don't know exactly how that's going to fully settle with him in the long run. Um, But she explains it to him in a way that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, She straight up lets him know that what what he said to her almost destroyed her ability to love herself or, or care about her life. Because the person she expected to spend her life with The person that she had been so in love with and was going to marry on a dime, on a fucking heel turn, said something that just shook her to her core. Of course, she's going to have a hard time falling back in love with you. And you it's insane, like you said, Em, for him to expect that to happen, to be like, oh, yes, well, I did not go to prison. And so I guess we can proceed as intended. What? Move on, buddy. You ruined it for yourself. Nobody else did that. The bartender did not do this. Park Do Kyung did not do this. You did this. Now yeet off and get out of my life. Yeah, and you weren't protecting her. Also, like like Young said, it should have been her choice. And his. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the long run, I, I still maintain that if he wanted to break up with her... He still should have done so. He just should have done so using the truth instead of devastating her self-esteem and betraying her trust that he, like, and her, I don't know, like, reality, right? That would mess with your reality to believe someone loves you and thinks you're beautiful and then to have them say something that in a split second makes you feel like anyone can like fall out of love with you or lie to you and like they're you can't trust the people you love like fuck that you <laughs> really did you really did something there Tajin. uh-huh so and at maybe, the end of the day you did it you broke up with her end of story period if she doesn't want to get back together then you just lead two separate lives now stop hovering i d- uh and, and she's not a thing that can be stolen, so stop pretending like she was stolen from you. That's not a yeah. thing. That's not a thing. You broke up with her. You broke her heart. How? Ugh. Get out of here with your blaming other people. I can't. I can't yeah. with Tae Jin. Um, also, okay, so 
I want to rewind it to episode 13, the first of this set of four, um, because I actually, in a weird way, for very specific reasons, loved that episode, even though it was the sad one where they were broken up. But I loved it because of the character development that Ohe Young was able to go through. Ooh. During that time. Because I don't know if you remember last week when I was very, very frustrated and about the power imbalance and about how she had to be the one just begging him to stay and he had to be the one calling all of the shots in their relationship mm-hmm. for her mm-hmm. on her behalf and letting her know what was best for her and withholding love. Even though he also, I don't know, that one's kind of tough. But but he wa- it was what he was doing, and he later admitted it, which is definitely also something I want to talk about. But um, I loved that she was able to bounce back. It was a tough episode, because she was not doing so hot. And in a way, mm-hmm. she really didn't bounce back. Like, I know that it's a weird way to see it that way, but... Um, I guess just, like, the grit that she had where she kept showing up, you know, in her in her own life. And the conversation she had with Hiron, her friend, about... Um, man, I'm talking so slowly. This is... It'll come out in post. The slowness will come out in post. Um, but she's talking with Hiron about how she wants to be the one to break up with someone. She just is so sick of of the man calling the shot. So it was just nice to have what I saw as problematic behavior on both her part and on Do Kyung's part, because I was also sick of, yeah, him withholding love. And I loved that he, in that episode, came to realize that that was what he was doing, Mm -hmm. was was withholding love, and that uh, he would only find misery for the both of them by doing so. And his regrets were not expressing his love to the extent that he felt it inside of him. And I loved that. Like, those were things that I loved. The character development in, like, in the midst of the trauma, I thought was really good and really um, authentic. Because Mm. I think that that's a thing that people... Very realistic. I think that's the thing that people struggle with, realizing maybe one day that they, you know, they were the abuser in the situation and they were being toxic. And him realizing that you're never going to regret loving fully. And I think that people definitely do that out of fear all the time, you know, withhold their feelings. Uh, Even I've done it in, in healthy relationships. If I'm in a bad mood... I will withhold something because I'm afraid of, I don't know, vulnerability when I'm already feeling so vulnerable. It's just then later, like in the same day or week, I turn around and say, okay, well, I realized what I was doing was wrong. And Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, ruin a relationship over it. Um, Anyway, I've been talking for a long time. I just, I liked episode 13 and then I did not like the beginning of episode 14 because I I was not ready yet for them to be <laughs> dopey in love sweet and flirty completely twitter pated walking through the streets holding hands looking at each other giggling I just wasn't there yet I wasn't ready mm, I feel like you've brought a lot of good feelings to the surface a lot of Memories of the best parts of this show, which you might have to dig a little to get to. I do think there are still a lot of relationship issues, but like rapid fire, a lot of my favorite things for these episodes were our Oh Young, yeah, gaining some independence. And I think we saw a lot in these few episodes of her being able to like you said, bounce back and being able to function through whatever she's emo- whatever she's going through, which I don't think 
is always the answer. I don't think that's something that like everybody should be able to do, but I think it's it makes oh hey young, oh hey young to be able to walk into work the next day after the worst breakup of her life and be like kind of crazy smiley and just kind of brush things off and say, I'm still me. I've still got me at the end of the day. I think we saw a lot of that in these four episodes is Oh Hey Young's self-reliance and her ability to, yeah, love herself above all else, which makes her one of one of the best characters that I've seen in a K-drama in a long time. And it was nice to see her grow in a good direction. Park Do Kyung similarly grew in a very good direction. That speech that he had, the internal monologue about every time someone gives me kindness, I give less back. And every time someone gives me misery, I give more back. And then he starts using his Uh, visions of the future to change his actions and make a better future for himself i'm so here for that i loved that very very obvious character growth for us so good i loved other oh hey young's progression her kind of moving on from the relationship and struggling with it for sure definitely behind closed doors they're still showing that she's not just immediately okay but that she's going out there. She's trying. She's also, there was a lot, uh, a lot of her reaching out to people and telling them what she was going through, which I still stand by. She and Oh Young don't need to be friends. The two Oh Youngs don't need each other. She needs other friends. Uh, but the fact that she reached out and was like, I've always thought you were the luckier Oh Young was really touching and I thought it was a beautiful storyline for both of them on both sides to be like oh we thought each other were the the lucky ones and maybe I've got it good for my own reasons and then finally actually the lawyer I was I was into his storyline I it wasn't perfect again like everyone else's there were flaws with it but I loved how real it got with him finding out that he was going to have a kid. And as much as I hated, and we can circle back to this, the the, we have to kiss storyline, I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I loved how emotional it got with um, him being like, I have a kid and I want to be part of that kid's life. I feel a responsibility towards that kid. And I think that was really special. I don't know, maybe that maybe that hit harder because I just had a baby. But I loved seeing him being like, it's not just something that I can walk away from as much as I thought I could before I ever knew about it. And all the all the things that he said to Park Soo Kyung before he knew he had a baby about like, no, the the male has all these choices and it's so easy for them. I think it was really touching how they played it out when he found out and his journey with his two best friends, uh, Park Do Kyung and Hoon, like their reactions to it, his interactions with them, his interactions with Soo Kyung, just I thought it was really well done for a while there until it came to the point where she was like, if you don't kiss me, you cannot be part of your child's life. What? <laughs> we were so close, writers. We were so close <laughs> to something so touching and beautiful. What are you doing? But yeah, those highlight reel. My favorite parts were, yeah, some of those some of those characters and their growth. And I think they did a really good job with a lot of it in these four episodes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. His storyline is really interesting. And I think what they captured very well is the, I guess, turmoil with both Sukyung and, is his name Jin Song? Yeah. Jin Song, um, them, the, I guess the separate turmoil that happens with an unexpected, and unwanted pregnancy 
because hers is a very, I think what a lot of, a lot of women who go through that situation go through, which is to say very in it alone type situation and kind of taking out of the equation that he is struggling to decide whether or not he's involved. I think that that can be a very lonely thing for a person who has a child that they did not expect, plan for, or necessarily want, is that it would be so lonely to have that life change because she, I mean, historically, it it is something that falls to the mother far more than the father. And so then they also illustrated that very much. And the fact that it it sort of is a choice for him, but he's sort of trying to step up to the plate. I don't know. It's ve- it's a very interesting dynamic. Obviously, even I haven't fully hashed out where I stand on it, just because I don't think that... Um, I think there's a lot of situations where I'd like to see very specific things play out for characters. But what I like about this is it's not, like you said, it's not playing out perfectly, but the imperfections are accurate to life. And I think it's exploring some really interesting ideas because it's not, I don't know. I guess I don't know what I was trying to say, but yes, I think they've done it well interestingly and not necessarily perfectly but it's a messy process and so it's interesting to watch these characters go through that messy process and i i am finally rooting for both of them a lot more than i was in previous episodes because it's been a very humanizing process for them as well where you're seeing their struggles yeah yeah, maybe it's my upbringing in a patriarchal society that just makes me a lot more frustrated with Park Soo Kyung and her decisions, where it's obviously incredibly terrifying and lonely to find out you're pregnant, but it feels so unfair to be able to decide whether you tell the father that they have a kid. I'm just like, just tell him, you know. But, uh, you know, that's her decision, I guess, in a way. Um, I, that one's hard. That one's tough. So what I will say, I guess, in defense of her, because I think that it is the patriarchal society that pushes women into that, because in, and I don't know what healthcare looks like, or childcare and childcare responsibilities, both financially and um, otherwise, look like on the legal side of things in Korea. But yeah, us having grown up in a patriarchal society, uh, I can say that um, I have observed that usually uh, financially things fall to the woman because she's the one in the hospital giving birth in a nation with predatory health care and very little assistance for women who have babies depending on their access to health care and um, almost never really falls on the man because it's difficult to prove that it's his child until a paternity test is done, which brings in its own legal issues because there's consent to a paternity test and all of that, So, which is all to say, like, Yada, yada, yada. She's reacting as someone who has, I don't know, observed a patriarchal society and been a product of a patriarchal society, which is to say it's her, it shouldn't be a situation in which she feels like she has to do it alone. But I can see why she feels like she has to do it alone and why she's taking the decision into her own hands and why she's trying to take control of the situation because if she doesn't no one else has to except her that it, it's her body that will go through all these changes and it's her that will be paying for her any medical bills that may or may not happen depending on where she has the baby and her earning a livelihood for the baby 
and which is crazy. She's like, I'm gonna quit my freaking awesome job and just emigrate, just yeet out of the country. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. But you have such a good job. You could support your baby. You're doing like, fine. Oh hell no. When that first person asks me who the dad is, I'll just die. So I'd rather just yeet out of the country. Just get out of here, emigrate, never look back. Like your choices are very dramatic and your choices are your own, so do whatever you feel comfortable with. But uh you're acting like a lot right now. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard because I had the privilege of having a kid with someone who consented to having a child with me. So it felt so much like both of our kids. Like as much as she was growing inside of me and I had to give birth, it always felt like she's been equally both of ours. So it's hard to watch someone make the decision of like, no, this is going to be just my kid. You don't get a choice in it, in whether you even know about your child's existence. That feels so unfair Yeah, on it is some a, level. It isn't fair at all. In fact, it's pretty terrible, especially based on what he was saying about how he thinks the father should know. Clearly, yeah. he's, you know, willing to step up on some level. I also, I guess I just don't understand... And it might be, in fact, it almost certainly is a big cultural difference where I just don't understand why they can't co-parent the child. Why it either has to be a romantic sexual relationship or he doesn't get to be in his child's life at all. I guess I just, that will never make sense to me because that's where it starts to separate where he's willing to show up. The problem just being that they don't have romantic or sexual feelings for each other. That's fine. He's willing to show up. He's willing to financially help support that child. He seems willing to be in the child's life and be a a great father figure. And I just don't understand what the problem is with allowing him into your child's life. Now that you know. Now that you know he's chosen, like, he's gonna be there. Like you said, there are so many ifs, ands, or buts to him being like, I don't want to be there for this kid. I don't want this to happen. But the fact is, at the end of the day, he was like, this is a thing we're doing. This is my kid, and I want to be in the picture. And it was really, to me, it was really touching to see him say, like, so many times, this is my kid. And it was so frustrating for her to turn around and be like, well, then you have to be in love with me or you can't be in the picture. Ah, Like you said, is is it a cultural thing? Is it just going over our heads? Are we being the awful people by judging this other society that we just don't fully understand? Because I am pulling my hair out watching this poor man be like, I want to be in this kid's life. This is my kid. And this woman be like, well, if you're not going to bang this twice, like it's, it's not going to be yours. Like, no. What? That's not the rules. Yeah, that's where it's starting to cross lines for me of her being completely unreasonable. I, I understand a lot of her psychology. That's the point at which I'm over here saying he's trying to do the right thing. What are you doing? Let him be in his child's life. Ugh. Yeah. They did so many things right. That was the one massive thing that I think I hated. I guess I can't say they did it wrong because like you pointed out, it could just be a cultural difference and so many people could relate to that in Korea. But outside looking in, it was really hard to watch and especially in comparison to all the other things. Like I thought it was incredible when Park Do Kyung and Hoon found out and they go from like beating him up to being like, like beating him up as her brothers and being like, you got our sister pregnant accidentally. I feel like that's a maybe moment of physical comedy that maybe shouldn't happen in real life, but kind of does to then drinking all night and being like, you're my best friend. And you just found out that you're having a kid. That's crazy. Let's get hammered. And him (laughs) being like, you can walk away from this as 
crazy as that sounds and as difficult as it will be, I won't hate you forever if you decide to walk away from this situation. And they have all these moments that are played off as comedy and eventually, or essentially are comedy, but also are kind of real and about these these people connecting with each other over this huge deal. And I really liked watching it. Yeah, that was really good, too. I liked that entire process. And even it kind of continues into him and Do Kyung being at the grocery store at one point. Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't know, you've got to make a decision. Whatever you decide, I'm not going to you just have to choose essentially and it's a very difficult choice but you do have to choose yeah i fully intended to harp on that for as long as we did sorry if anybody else hated it but (laughs) it was a storyline that i really liked and thought they did a pretty good job with um what else were you gonna say something I'm trying to think if there's other stuff that was outstanding because I feel like among the last things we need to discuss is um, the villain, which there's a couple, but I have a villain I hate the most and I don't know if I want to just devote as much time as starting now would allow me to devote (laughs) to that topic. Do you want me to blast through some of my notes and then we can see how long it takes to get to episode 16, which was entirely the villain episode? Yes. Let's see what happens. Okay. Let's go through Emily's note corner. Episode 13. (laughs) At the very top. What's her best friend's name? Hiran. Hisu? Hiran. Hiran and Ohe Young are driving and Hiran goes... This song's lyrics perfectly describe what's going on in your life right now. And the translators, I don't know if they did on Netflix. Translators did not translate that that song. No. It was yeah. the only song they've ever not translated. In history, remember when we watched the K2 and every song, no matter how many times you had heard it, was translated? Every single time it came on? Yes, none of that. We just had to nope. assume it perfectly described what was happening in <laughs> no. Oh, hey, Young's life. It played over 15 flashbacks. We were supposed to really be in our feelings there. Nothing. Why? Uh, I did love the scene that followed that, though. Before she got sick and then decided to just keep getting more sick to ignore her emotions. Um, I loved the interaction of her and her friend just going out and having a girl's day and talking out the issues that she's experiencing and talking about what she's gonna do and making jokes and dethroning the trauma and just having a good time together and then (laughs) immediately she went and got sick and then just decided i'm gonna let this get a lot worse than it needs to be before i seek medical attention yikes yeah, it was very, very cute to watch their girls' day. I really, really liked that. Um, it was way better than her best friend's storyline with Hoon, where she's maybe trying to seduce him. Yeah, what is Hiram doing? Because, wow, I really just Americanized, just <laughs> slurred that name together with my best Southern Utah accent. <laughs> Hiram, uh, I just, I guess what really gets me is that it seems so unnecessary to have her storyline that she gets to have on her own developing over away from the main characters. I love when they give that to secondary characters. Don't get me wrong. I'm always here for it. I love secondary character development as humans and not just as pawns that can further the story for the leads. I Love when they have their own stuff going on. Uh, What I don't care for is that her storyline seems to be, well, I want to maybe help this young director out, but I couldn't possibly do so if he has a girlfriend. So I guess try to upset the peace. Yeah. Break a home a little bit. 
That seems I don't get unnecessary. It. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. If she could explain it even, maybe that'd be fine. Maybe I'd see it. But as it stands now, I'm generally confused. I didn't even think... I thought maybe I was just misreading the situation. Me too. Even though she was straight up undressing in front of him. I was like, I don't know. Like, women get hot sometimes. Maybe she's just like, you know, stripping down for... For, for AC, for that, it's just way too hot. Summer days, you know? And then she meets his girlfriend and she's like, let's have a little face off here. I'm definitely trying to seduce your man. I was like, why? Wait, why? Why do you want to do that? And I, I cannot understand. The only thing I can figure out or even guess at, rather, is that she's, yeah, she doesn't want the director she's working with to have a girlfriend that once again why <laughs> none of it makes sense um oh, okay maybe she'll explain it in episode 17 or 18 <laughs> <laughs> i think you were right on the money with saying that these this therapist or now these two therapists have to be a figment of park do kyung's imagination as he's dying, they have to be something that he's remembering as like an imaginary friend, a fill in the blank, if you will, to his his memories, because these two cannot be real people and definitely aren't real doctors. Yeah, get these people out of any kind of medical situation, please. As much as we acknowledge there are different cultures in the world different kind of healers out there you cannot call yourself a psychologist and be like i think you're seeing nirvana and visions of the future are entering your now like sir this man needs help all three of you need help if he was looking for this he would have gone to a shaman this is nuts what you're saying right now is not helpful and I don't know how you're being paid for this. Uh, okay. So I just wrote those two are quacks. Yeah, for sure. There was a kidnapping. Oh my we gosh. Had a kidnapping. <laughs> As you should have, because it never should have happened. What was... Okay, so we actually... There's a, a character we need to talk about who was most affected by the kidnapping. And who has received... Not oh. a lot of consideration. In <laughs> Is it our several... sweet office boy? No. Uh, but he also oh, okay. was very affected. Oh, the I poor didn't sweet think too office much boy. about him. He was the most worried. Yeah. Uh, next to her mother, who had every right to be worried about her daughter being seemingly kidnapped from her place of work. And also, remember when Oh Hey Young was hospitalized with a terrible fever and... Then she just left and did not let her parents know. And then her excuse, it was never, I'm so sorry. That was awful. I wasn't thinking straight. I don't know why I just left. I should have told you. Was instead, I couldn't find you. So I decided to just go. Do we not have cell phones? You, you couldn't find me? I honestly... I kind of would probably kick her out again if I was her parents. I couldn't live with Oh Hey Young. Mm-mm. I couldn't do it. As beautiful as that little speech was with her mom being like, I love her because she's like me. She is as annoying and rebellious and insane as I am. And that's why I love her. I'm like, I couldn't do it, ma'am. Oh my God, just watching her plow through the kitchen like a 14-year-old and grab all the food and complain about all the ingredients that are missing for the the cake that she's decided to bake for her boyfriend, as we maybe all did as teenagers. Like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you're like, what, 32? And you're blasting through this kitchen while your mom's trying to clean? I would kill you. Also, the blasting through the kitchen to make the cake for the boyfriend, who... The mom hates 
Kind of rightfully so. You can't tell your kids who to date, but you are allowed to disagree with their choices. And I fully agree with her disagreeing with her child's choice because she watched this man repeatedly. Yeah, just eviscerate. Completely ruin her daughter's emotional health for a pretty unsettling amount of time and it ended in a hospitalization. And then the next day? The next day your daughter's like, we're back together, don't worry. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of team mom. Yeah, 100%. So. And like, as even to the extent that she's the biggest person in every scenario and she's like, I'm going to be on my daughter's team. Like, as much as I hate this dude, I'm going to support whatever decision my kid makes. At the end of the day, I'm not going to get back these hours with her. So any minute that I can spend with my daughter supporting her and loving her, even if it means supporting her through the world's worst relationship, I'm going to do it because I'm not going to let this idiot man get between me and my kid. Like, oh my god, slow clap for that. Yeah, maturity. Maturity? But you're bigger than I am. I would kick her to the curb yet again and be like, don't go crawling back to that dude's house, though. Go go find somewhere else to live, because I swear to god, you need to figure some things out. Yep, and, and I still you love you. you can't do them in my house. But yeah, I still love you, but I cannot watch you keep doing this this is a lot i i have to look after my own mental health for just a minute and i cannot do so with you in my home okay bye get out (laughs) get out um yeah the kidnapping i'm sorry you were gonna say who was most affected by the kidnapping her mom yes okay okay um and that couldn't text her and be like hey uh i actually took the day off work because I went to this place with Dokyang. It's a fun secret. Even if the police told you, like, every minute that you spend on the phone, you're paying for it, I feel like you still gotta be like, well, it's gonna be five cents to text my mom then. I don't know. That's that's what she deserves. Yeah. But especially, yeah, after you find out that it was all a trick, you gotta turn that phone back on, girl. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, uh, that followed very quickly by Jin Song's girlfriends every day of the week all showing up to beat him up and then oh. being beat up by Park Soo Kyung. Women don't fight women. No, okay? that's not a thing we do. That, once again, a scene clearly written by a man. So stupid. I know that it's like her baby daddy and we're trying to really lean into Park Soo Kyung caring about Jin Song. I hated it. No. Yeah, I... First of all, he's been a slime to these women. Yeah. And even then, I just don't see the point in, first of all, defending him, but also maybe it was supposed to be like you said, a moment where we illustrate how she's really coming to care for him. It was another... We're confronting the fact that he's a serial womanizer. We're confronting a lot of things with this scene. It was just so weirdly handled because I just, first of all, I don't know, I guess, do we not have a good read on women? I feel like we do. And I feel like (laughs) I personally would not get together with a group of women to go confront a man about the fact that he was sleeping with all of us. I'd be like, dang. That sucks. I didn't know. I'm hurt. I don't really want to see him again. Yeah. Like, what was the plan? To go beat him to death? Why? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be Tuesday just straight up not showing up. And they'd be like, okay, we're here Monday through Saturday minus Tuesday. She didn't want (laughs) to be here. She's kind of a coward. She's going to just ghost you. Like... That's me. That's my vibe. We're all Tuesday here on this <laughs> podcast. I guess let us know what day of the week you are, but if it's not Tuesday, I guess I just don't understand. <laughs> are you showing up to beat up this guy? I don't know. 
I want to hear from you. Okay. That was just, yeah, frustrating because I think it was supposed to be comedy, like, start to finish. I think it was supposed to be really funny, and I didn't laugh at all. Can I say I did laugh once during the kidnapping when the police did show up and they were watching the security tapes and they were like, oh, my God, they covered the license plate. These guys are pros. <laughs> like, I laughed out loud. It's like, oh, they got me. That was yeah, funny. That was very good. Every This show does have a, a laugh out lo- loud moment here or there that because they're a little bit few and far between because they don't always have, you know, they've made they've made some rape jokes before. They've made some, they've done some problematic stuff. But that makes it a little bit funnier when they do hit, when a joke slaps, because you don't see it coming, and it's very good to be caught off guard by finding something hilarious. It's always a good Mm -hmm. feeling. Because you could tell. You could tell they were trying to make the whole situation funny. That one, they got me. They got me. Um, end of episode 14. Was it in her contract that she had to wear pants in every scene because she's wearing a very long brown dress with just full bell-bottom jeans underneath? I fully thought that was an apron, just like a business yeah. casual work apron, and, which I did not like understand. An apron when you put pants under it, for sure. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember 2006? I was there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we all wore skirts with jeans underneath. Oh, hell yeah. Especially in Utah. Yeah, that was... Everyone saw Ashley Tisdell do that around the high school musical time period. And every Utah girl in just the entirety of the state and then... I assume the country. I don't know. But it High School Musical really blew up in Utah because they filmed the second one there. And Ashley Tisdale was their goddess, obviously. And they... She was in that, right? Ashley Tisdale? Yeah. Okay. Also, I found out recently they filmed all three of them in Utah. Oh, what? Okay, yeah, so they the, all... The high filmed- school is in Utah. I did not know that. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That makes it even more sensical that, like, Utah just, there was, I think there was a countrywide, maybe even international-wide following for that, but I'd say the amount of fans of High School Musical in Utah was everyone. Yeah, like, equaled the amount of fans in the rest of the world, because it was everyone in Utah, and then, like, double that, or whatever. Uh-huh. The entire population of Utah and then the entire population of Utah spread out around the world. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a big thing to wear the bell- bell-bottom jeans that are sometimes boot cut if you weren't as cool, you know, maybe. But never skinny jeans. No. Uh, that wasn't in yet. That wasn't in yet. So you wore, like, the bell-bottoms, the wide legs, the boot cuts with the skirt. And that is what she was doing, except it's even more buckwild somehow. Because at least you can be like, yeah, I love my jeans and this skirt. And you can see so much of both of them. That dress was so long. It, it covered was so long. The whole jeans. It was just like a peak of jeans at the bottom. That I was like, that has to be a contractual obligation. That has to be like... I just didn't shave my legs today, guys. I can't do this. You gotta put the jeans on me. And then they were like, we already made a deal with the fashion designer that you'd wear the dress. And she was like, por que no las dos? Put me in both. (laughs) I hated it. It was distracting. Ah, Episode 15, we had an actress whose name I should have looked up from It's Okay to Not Be Okay playing the bride cousin oh yeah i didn't look up her name either but i know who you're talking about right because she's an icon she She is perfect and it's okay it's funny because prior to that scene her (laughs) oh hey young sitting in a car being like brides aren't that pretty oh my god (laughs) ma'am what 
for one thing, ma'am, ma'am. Okay, let's not be petty. Let's not women fighting women. Yeah. It's literally the most that we try in our entire lives to be pretty. Let's not tear every woman down by being like, well, I've just never thought they were that good looking. Ma'am. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. Um, Be nice, first of all. Second of all, what? Second of all, have you seen your cousin? Have you seen your cousin? Are you kidding me? She's Look at her, Jesus. She's stunning. She's the most beautiful she, bride I've seen. Yeah, she's and a I, knockout. I saw Kel just said that to my face. Yeah. I have literally <laughs> a picture behind me. Oh, you can't see it with the angle of that camera. Okay. So there's a picture from Emily's it's Emily one of Emily's wedding photos that I keep on my nightstand cuz she and Jason were the most beautiful humans I've ever seen for their wedding. And freaking this this bride Blew it out of the water. I'm nothing <laughs> in her shadow. This, she is stunning. And freaking Oh Hey Young's out here being like, I don't think so. I mean, words in my mouth. I feel like you guys are pretty close to equal. But she is like very beautiful. She's a very beautiful <laughs> bride. It's her job to be like the most beautiful person ever. I Thank think. You. So, I did fish pretty hard for that compliment. I'm glad I got. It. <laughs> no fishing necessary. It was coming at you anyway. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> Finally, we we make our way to episode 16, where my only note was, it's the villain episode. Oh my god. We spend a lot of time with Park Tok Kyung's mom. Yeah, okay, so let's just, like, rapid fire talk about how she's the worst, um, just the most vile. Like, uh, correct me if I say this every K-drama we watch. My least favorite villain. I'm just, I'm more disappointed than angry, which is insane. Because I'm very, very angry. But at this point, it's like they're trying to make her pathetic. And I hate that even more. She's a pathetic, greedy, stupid person. She's also a stupid person. That's so stupid. Is just incapable in so many aspects of her life. And they also want us to pity her because I can't. I don't have it in me. No. I, I pity a lot of people in this show. Not in real life. I can't really think of anyone I pity in real life. <laughs> um, I don't... She... Every piece of her own misery was created by her. By herself. And her greed. Like you said. Yeah. I think they introduced that she had gotten loans... After getting these massive payments from Park Do Kyung, they're just like, also she used them to pay off her massive loans. I'm like, what does she even have loans for? What does she need that she ever needed to get a loan for? I don't know. If you ask her, it's so that she could impress her children who don't give a shit about her money. (sighs) You will never convince me. You will never convince me that this has to do with anyone but her. And I am just so confused by it. I think, yeah, even if they gave a storyline that she was like, after your dad's death, I was left out on the streets. And so I got this huge loan and I've just been paying it off for years. But so clearly, she has never felt a day of hunger in her life. She has never felt anything but luxury. And it's, oh my god, it's killing me. I oh, no, this is terrible. I just, I just hate her. And I don't understand how she's become such a huge part of the show. I hate watching her. Kudos to the actress, because you know I love her with all my heart. Yes. From every other show. We're going to bounce back in the bonus episode. Gosh dang, she's killing it with this character. I cannot stand her. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen her play a straight-up villain. And I don't think we've ever seen her play anything except, like, a loving mom. Uh-huh. And this is this is hard to watch. She did have another laugh-out-loud moment when she left the cafe with Oh Young and was like, how many Oh Youngs are there in this world? I'm going to call an exorcist. I was like, that's what... <laughs> That's a good line. It's pretty good. It's but really also, good. the basis of her hatred of Oh Hey Youngs is literally, it's not that they hurt her son. It's that 
her very first hatred of an Ohe Young came from the fact that her son loved an Ohe Young too much and might stop giving her money. So. So the worst. She's the, the worst. worst. All right, we're going to start a, a petition on whatever that petition site is. I forgot the name. Sign, sign. sign me up. Sign, yeah, I think it's called something. It's got the word sign in it, I think. Yep, I wish I had a brain, and I wish I had known that I didn't know the name of this website before I started this sentence. We're going to start a campaign on signmeup.com, <laughs> I assume that's a site. And we're all going to sign it so that hopefully, in these last two episodes of this however many year old show, they kill off the mom. <laughs> Solve a lot of problems. Done and done. We'll see you for the next two episodes. Let us know what you want to happen by emailing us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we also have our social media. You can reach out to us there. We are on Instagram at playonkpodcast and on Twitter at playonk. We have a website, playonk.com, where you can find all of our episodes, leave comments directly on the episodes, you can find a link to our Patreon, sign up for our newsletter, and find links to all of our affiliates like Skillshare, Blueberry Podcast Hosting, and NordVPN. Yeah, and then uh, we also are on multiple different streaming platforms. You can find our podcast, and on some of those you can rate, review, subscribe, or some combination of those three things, and anything you do there is a huge help to us. It's usually completely free to you. I can't think of a time it's cost me money, and it helps us so much. It helps other podcast, K-drama podcast listeners find us. If you do want to throw money at us, we have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash playonk. And you can just get a shout out on the podcast if you just want to, just want to give us coffee money. Or if you want to give us a little more, you can have access to all of our bonus content, which has recently changed. So go check out all of our new offerings. Yeah, and I think that's just about it. So join us next week for an episode that is including the final two episodes of Another Miss O. And maybe... Maybe the bonus. We'll see how Maybe crazy the these last two episodes are and if they deserve their own standalone episode. If we could talk for 45 minutes about just two episodes, we will. Yep. So TBD, but next week we will very certainly talk about the final two episodes. And yes. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.